Hey guys, welcome back to The Encounter by us, Redeem Belay. Uh, today we have a change of panel. Today we have Sam, today we have Layla, and today, like always, you have me, and we have Deb. Yeah, I skipped you just because I forgot your name for a second. Um, today, uh, we're gonna we're gonna, um, we're gonna gonna speak about uh, expectation versus reality. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a really cool topic, and I think I found a few things and, that I wanted to speak about, but it's, it's so important that we understand that, uh, you know, when we receive Christ and when we come to Christ, you know, things are not most likely going to change to the better. And I know that, I know that uh, we feel like, um, like coming to Christ is like uh, automatically, you know, start eating healthy, right? Like you're going to start losing weight and you're going to, like if you do good things, like good things happen to you, right? But when, when it comes to Christ, there's a few things that we have to understand that it's not the way we think. It's not the way the world works. Um, it's not, um, how do I say, sometimes it's not even fair uh, what happens and what um, reality is in Jesus. For example, the first thing that comes into my mind is that um, Jesus comes and he's walking towards <clears throat> the city and this and this young man tells him, can I follow you? And Jesus tells him, uh, he goes, you can, but even though the son of man doesn't have a pillow to lay his head. And so, so he himself tells him, you can follow me, but just know that probably sleeping in your bed that you have at home with your parents, it's much better than, you know, figuring out where you're going to sleep every night, you know? And, and I'm sure as you guys know, I'm sure Jesus didn't have the most comfy bed. I'm sure he was just used to sleeping on the floor or sleeping wherever he could. And the same thing comes with food, right? I'm sure he was hungry most of the time and I'm sure he was thirsty most of the time, but yet he saw that as little troubles. And despite the fact him being God, like incarnated into flesh and bones and blood, he still understood that the expectation of him coming to the world was what the Israelites, the Pharisees wanted to see, right? You know, lights and fireworks and, you know, you know, him coming down all the wars and everything. But in reality, it was something that they didn't expect. It was a man, a Jewish man. And that's why it was so hard for them to, um, to to accept so maybe i think the question would be here is uh do you want to live the expectation of a pharisee or the reality of a true christian follower of a christ so i don't know if you guys have something to say go ahead you know danny i think that like the biggest thing about this is uh, uh i was talking to matt downstairs uh for a little bit and we were talking like how do you know like the will of god you know like if you don't know them how how do you know the will of god and i know that this is we're not talking about the will of god don't be don't be afraid of me yet but um the only thing is like we have these unrealistic expectations because we do not know him because we do not read what the word says so of course uh let's say i just met you for the first time ever i have expectations that you're an incredible man but really you're a murderer like how would i know that i don't know you so my expectations of you don't really matter because in reality you're something else so i think that this is the part where we have to understand that um our expectations really don't matter. What we have to do is literally kill our expectations and start reading the word of God so we can understand. And uh, I, I wanted to give one example that I thought was incredible, right? And it's like pretty much the beginning. In Genesis 3, 6, um, when Eve is going to eat the 
let's call it the fruit. Uh, it says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. But the point here that's, um, I think, interesting is that it was pleasing to the eye and it looked like it was good for food. Right. So here I would see like her expectation was like, oh, this is going to be bomb. This is going to fill my panza and it's going to bring me pleasure. But it did not turn to bring death. Exactly. What it brought was separation from Christ. Right. Yeah. It brought complete separation. So we can see her. Her expectation was it's going to be great. Why? Because she did not listen. She did not have obedience. In that moment, maybe there was no reading, but like the voice of God was so clearly there. Right. He right. said, like, here are the rules. You know, one, two, three, follow along. And she was like, nah, I'm good. She decided to do what was pleasing. And that's what we have to, uh, and I think that's one of the, the main things, right? Like, let's not confuse pleasure for happiness. Because there's people in the world who live their lives full of pleasure. I mean, like, full, like, incredible worldly and fleshly pleasures. But they go home at night and they're sad. Right. Or they, they have so many monetary things. But when, when it goes down to it, they have emotional issues. And maybe us... Um, I, I can't say that I'm not blessed. I am blessed. And I thank God every second of my life. But there's people who follow Christ and they don't have much. You know, they struggle. They've had difficult lives. And still, they're happiest people you know. Right. Why? Because their trust is in God. And I think that's what's important, that we have to learn how to differentiate between happiness and pleasure. Um, I feel like um, um, a lot of people confuse. Um, God doesn't give you happiness. He gives you joy. And there's mm -hmm. a difference. Happiness is temporary and, and joy is, is, is forever. You know, the Bible says that, you know, e even though through sufferings, through trials, through tribulations we go through, you know, God wants us to be joyful. And yeah, maybe you're going through a problem, issue, you know, uh, being a, a Jesus follower, but, you know, it's not about how you feel. Like, oh, do I want to do, do I feel like doing this? Do I feel like doing that? No, even though, you know, following Jesus is never going to be easy. Like, never. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, you accept Jesus, you start following him. You know, Jesus is going to, you know, make you run through the meadows, you know, beautiful flowers, you know, butterflies, unicorns, all that happy stuff. But no, it's not like that. The Bible says that it says here in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that that in me you may have peace. In the world you have trouble and suffering, but take courage. I have conquered the world. Meaning what? That Jesus, you know conquer the world you know we're gonna go through life you know we're gonna you know we're gonna have issues we're gonna have problems but what jesus wants us to you know be courageous you know put on a, a strong face a happy face because you know what life throws at us is never you know sometimes it's good sometimes it's not i agree and you know i was reading james one too it says consider consider it but uh, nothing but joy my brothers and sisters wherever you find to various trials and i was reading uh um, uh, and it says, sorry, I'm going to keep reading. It says, and be assured that testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to a spiritual maturity and inner peace. And then uh, on fourth, it says, and let endurance have its perfect result and do through work so that it may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. So I feel like um, what's when you come to Christ, the first thing you want to do, uh, just because I want to add to what you said, right, is be 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 full of faith, right? Because we believe in a God that we don't see. We just feel. And and it's so hard, right? Because it's like drinking water but not seeing anything, right? It's so difficult, right? But uh, it's but I was telling you that 
these trials and this joy that God gives you before God gives you trials, before trials come to your life, God gives you this joy that you were talking about. And it's crazy how there's people in the world that says, oh, if I have Jesus Christ, I think everything should be perfect in my life. And it actually should be the actual opposite, right? Because if not, you'll never be able to actually test out, test drive this joy. I don't know if you, I, you know, yeah. like you can't say, oh, I have a, a Lamborghini. If you've never really you know, put it over 150 miles an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't have a nice car unless you know, same thing here. You don't know you have joy until the trials come. And expectation does that. Expectations makes you think that, oh, my life should be good. My life, my life is like, ooh, you know that song? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and you should, it should feel like, it should feel like you're, you're good because you have Jesus, but there's actually a lot more left and God already is giving you joy. And when, the, the various trials come it's up to you to continue through faith through experience through endurance to give you more spiritual maturity and inner peace that's what i'm gonna say um actually i have a example for that um the yeah. rich man that was trying to follow jesus um in matthew 19 20 to 21 the young man said to him all i have all i have kept what what do i still lack jesus said to him if you if you be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. So basically what Jesus um, was trying to explain to this man was the fact that uh, he should, you know, uh, drop everything and come to him because, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to drop um, everything, drop all that we have and just follow Jesus with, with our all, right? And um, in verse 22, it says, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful and he had great possessions. For he had great possessions, sorry. Um, and here's where, like, um, like kind of like my main point lies. Um, because the rich man, he had the expectation of that, oh, you know, I have, like, one thing that I lack. You know, I can just fix it in a hurry if I just ask, if I just ask Jesus, right? But um, in verse 22, it said he, uh, he heard this and he went away sorrowful. Because that's where, like, I believe it hit reality for him. He was like, oh, wait, like... I'm not ready to give up what I have, you know, like I'm not ready to like um, drop everything that I have because he was a rich man. And then later on in that verse, uh, verse 23 uh, to 24, and Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And um, what I'm trying to say here is the fact that, like, um, in reality, we have to, like, drop literally everything. We just have to, like, um, I know I'm saying, like, drop everything, but, like, I mean literally everything. You need to, like, go into Jesus. You need to follow him with all you have. Because if you don't do that, you're, like, holding back, you know? Um, because if you have something that's holding back on you, you're not able to do it with 100%. And, you know, we have to do everything with Jesus 100%. Um you know, I was going to say, uh, Layla, I think that's I think it's super beautiful. And I think this guy was going in with the expectation that since he had been doing everything right his whole life, mm -hmm. Jesus was going to be like, dude, high five. Just follow me, you know. But nah, because Jesus knows our heart. And this also reminds me of Abraham, right? How long did he ask for his son? How long did he wait for him? And then God finally gives it to him. And then God's like, kill him. 
<laughs> right? And what would be Abraham's expectation? You gave me my son, I get to keep him. Mm -hmm. But we understand that nothing we have here on earth is ours. Everything is a borrowed. All of the blessings that we have is because God is good. And if he decided to take them, will his name be exalted in the good and his name be exalted in the bad? Yeah. And any time, and I, I really wanted to read this verse to you guys. Uh, Matthew 6, 19. <laughs> Don't save treasures for yourselves here on earth. Moths and rust will destroy them. And thieves can break into your house and steal them. Instead, save your treasure in heaven, where they cannot be destroyed by moths or rust, and where thieves cannot break in and steal them. Your heart will be where your treasure is. And I think that that's one of the things that you were saying, right? Following Christ is, I, I, I feel like uh, they said let go, but I feel like there's nothing better than the Spanish word. Despojarse de sí mismo, like completely surrender all of you, your will, let go, whatever it is. No, even the thing that you love the most, right? The thing that you think nobody knows that... Um, you know, like secretly you love the most. Because uh, really, who can look into our hearts if not God? Who can who can see our hearts and examine them if not God, right? And he asks for the thing that's hard to give. He doesn't ask for a sacrifice that's easy and like easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Nah, nah, nah. He wants what you love. And in return, when we give it up, do you think really think that Jesus would have let this man give up his position, uh, possessions and then left him on the floor? Absolutely not. Maybe he would not have been uh, rich in material things but he would have been rich in spirit mm -hmm. you know so i think that that's what it is like god asks you for something but he's so good and his mercy is so great that even when we give it we let go of our expectations and say whatever you want god rewards is even greater which is what happened to abraham right we see the difference between this rich dude and abraham abraham listened to him he said okay like this is what you say you're god mm -hmm. And the outcome was better right I, I, th I think we have to understand that we like in order to come when we come to christ the expectations that we have we like that i know we said in the beginning we have to just remove them because for example when you when you come to christ uh not only do you not only do you have to give up everything but you have to give up your your inner pride for example like you have to submit yourself to god and that is so difficult for example there's a verse i was reading here john 14 23 and it says that jesus answered to him is as if anyone really loves me he will keep my word listen my teaching and my father will love him listen so so just, be, just be, before we finish the verse it says if somebody really loves me they'll keep my teaching and i won't love him the father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling place within him. So uh, what I was seeing with, with what you guys were saying is that you guys have to really submit everything that you have. And sometimes that's difficult. For example, for example, the Bible says uh, that you have to hate your mother and father in order to come and follow him. And I'm just like, whoa, it's so hard to hate your mother and father, right? But it doesn't mean hate as in like, you know, you know. Plot, plot their murder at night, you know what I mean? But it's more of like saying there comes second in my life. First is God. They come second. And it's so hard to say that. And it's so hard to, it's so hard to even teach this. But we must understand that submitting. We think just because we're with Christ, we're on top of everybody, right? We're like, oh, look at me. Now I got to wear my shirt all the way up to the top. And now I'm better than everybody. But in the contrary, what it says, it says, yes, but you have to submit. The Bible also says that the, fir the first will be last and the last will be first. If you, uh, We can see that so many times that all the apostles wanted to be first, wanted to be at the next, next sitting next to Christ. And none of them got to do anything except Paul. Paul, I, I, I think I taught you guys this. Uh, it, it says that he wanted to be the least. He considered himself the least and ended up just, you know, ravaging the New Testament and going with the 14 epistles. Careful, guys, don't drop anything. Um, <laughs> but I was going to tell you is that that's, it's, it's so crazy how Paul's expectations 
were completely opposite from where reality was. And then you can see, for example, Peter's expectations was way different than what, what Jesus had. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know if you have something to say. Um, yeah, I do. Um, Go ahead. Matthew sixteen twenty four says, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He, he, he tells his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Mm. He tells them three things. The first one is give up your own way. The second one is pick up your cross. And the third one is follow him. You know, I, I love associating number three with your body, your soul, and your spirit. Yeah. Your body being uh, giving up yourself, denying yourself. Your body wants, you know, the flesh wants, you know, good things, you know, the bad things, sin, the desires, you know, um, all that bad stuff you want to do, like pride, ego. Um, to pick up your cross, meaning what? You know, um, in the when Jesus picked up his cross, or back then, uh, when people would pick up a cross, it meant, oh, I'm going to die. Like, you know, I'm carrying my cross. Why? Because, you know... Leading to death. Yeah, I'm going to die. Like, they're going to kill me. But in in this sense, it, it means, like, um, you know, picking up your weaknesses. Like, hey, you know what? The reason why I carry this cross is because, yeah, I'm weak in this. I'm, I struggle in that. You know, I'm not perfect here, but it's through Jesus Christ that, you know, I'm denying myself and picking up this burden that I don't want to carry. But because I love and obey Jesus, I do it. You know, maybe people along the way may, may make fun of you and be like, oh, why are you doing that? You know, there's no point in doing that. There's no point in, you know, following Jesus. You know, you follow Jesus and then bad things started happening to you. Yeah, I get it. You know, before, you, um, when I was studying this, um, when Jesus was born, the devil didn't know who he was. Right? Because it says that King Herod... You know, knew there was going to be a king that was going to replace him. So he started killing all the young infants, right? Yep. He didn't know which infant, infant was going to be Jesus. Mm -hmm. But he's like, one of these babies that I'm going to kill has to be Jesus. And the devil knew that. Like, he's like, all right, one of these kids that I'm going to, you know, kill has to be Jesus. But then when you come to Christ and God acknowledges you as your, your uh, his son, his father, you know, moving forward to when Jesus gets baptized God says oh this is my son who I love and you know I'm delighted in him then the devil knew who he was now oh this is Jesus this is the son of God the Christ and then he started tempting Jesus in the things he knew where he might have fallen but you know right. Jesus never fell yeah. right. and that happens to us it's like when we play a video game it's like when we come to Christ now we have a a little name on top of our yeah. head saying, hey, this is me, <laughs> this is Sam. You know, the devil uh, knows who Sam is. Oh, Sam plays guitar. Oh, Sam does this. Sam does that. And then now the devil knows where to hit hey. you, where to, you know, where shoot his... Yeah, yeah, where you're weak. And that's why a lot of people, when they come to Christ, they're like, oh, you know, I, I kind of regret coming to Jesus because my life before was way better than how it is now. But it's like, we have to, you know, it's a test, yeah. you know, of... You know, persevering and, you know, constantly seeing, oh, do you really love me? You know, do you really love Jesus? Do you really, you know, if you really do, you know, you'll you'll surpass these trials, these tribulations. Yes. Yeah, and you know, with this test that you were talking about, even Jesus had to go to this test, right? He was fasting 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, I think I think the first thing that people come and say, uh, you know, when they come to church, when they come Christians, like, oh, I didn't know people were going to be like this. You know what I'm saying? And it's true. 
I mean, we are horrible people, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but we are. We Some of us are angry. We're struggling. So we're, we're, we're all struggling. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything bad. I'm just saying that. What I'm trying to say is the expectation, right? You think you're going to come to a museum of, of holy people, but in reality, you're going into a full hospital of people that are like, oh, dude, I don't have an arm, or dude, I'm, I don't have a heart, or I don't have this. And I, it's crazy what you said, that we need to go through this this uh, like process. little process right before God gives us this 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 life in abundance what he has told us that, that he that he tells us and then and then the process you start feeling how um only if you go through this process you start feeling how the world is no longer your place and you start like shifting right you're like okay this world's no longer my place and now the church is my home and then i know where you're just like this and you're backwards right you see that the world is no longer liking you but church is like all you were want, all you want to be all you want to be that's all your friends and that's all your life and that's exactly how it should be even the bible tells us on john 15 18 it says if the world hates you and it does it says I, i'm reading the amp version know that it has hated me before it uh be before it hated you if, if you belong to the world sorry i can't even, can barely read the world will love you as its own and will treat you in affection but you are not of this world you are no longer belong to it but i have chosen you out of the world and because of this world and because of this the world hates you and then and i love that i love that it says that because it says that if, if jesus if jesus was hated by the world then yet we must be hated by the world as well so but it doesn't come like this right it doesn't happen oh i accepted i sorry i accepted jesus christ oh everybody should be hating me now at school no no no. it should start doing it slowly with your choices so before you used to go out and you know punch random people now you don't do it and your friends are like yo what happened why are you not punching anymore Layla? You were like, no, bro, uh, you know, I accepted Jesus Christ. Oh, bro, you're a Bible beater. Oh, my God. Here we go. And you start you start seeing that. No, I don't want to hang out with you, bro. You're, you're dumb. Oh, you're boring. And, and, yeah, and you do those things. You're like, all right, whatever. And then you start seeing the world switching, right? And then you come to church and we're like, hey, you read the Bible? You're like, yeah. Hey, me too. You want to you wanna go out on a coffee date to go read the Bible? Yeah, let's go. And, you know, girls and guys go together and, and we're all going to read the Bible. Even if our jokes, if you guys notice, our jokes turn, turn out to be... <laughs> Somewhere around the Bible, yeah. and and I'm just looking at myself, and I'm like, man, if I were 18, I would just hit myself in the head. I'd be like, yeah, you're such a loser, right? But now, I don't care. Like right now, I don't care. My expectation to what was cool back then to now, what I want to be is completely different. And that's how I was saying as that. And the hatred, the world must hate you. I know it seems like, I know it seems like, uh, like it's like, like a kid, you know. You used to play with certain toys, and now you're older. You know, you don't play with. So you don't see me playing with Hot Wheels or GI Joes or, you know, bicycles. <laughs> yeah, you don't see me playing with little toys. Why? Because I grew out of that. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, you grow out of it when you and come. And that's Christ. what the Bible says. When I was a child, I thought like yeah. a child, right? Ah. <laughs> I was trying to remember that verse. I was like, ah. I was going to, can I add something? Yeah, it, but like, it's super short. I promise I'm not going to overtalk. Uh, I was reading Psalms 37, 4, and it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's what you're saying, right? Like, your, your life changed. Like, now what used to be funny is not anymore. It's not really funny anymore. Uh, what you used to delight in is no longer that. Why? But because you delighted yourself in the lord he changed your heart right you don't have the same heart you did when you were 18 i hope you don't even have the same heart as you did yesterday i right? hope that every day god creates in me a new heart at least that's my desire that god no, looks no, at my I heart agree. and says trash one more time let me try again you know <laughs> um 
yeah but the point is that that when we delight ourselves in the lord he comes and he changes like uh what what we want our our needs and our wants are no longer oh i want to have a giant car i mean a i don't know super sick car and a giant house and like the cutest husband in the world it's no longer about that your desires start to be spiritual they start to change but because what you delight yourself in is different if you delight yourself in the world your desires are going to be completely different if you desire if you delight yourself in the lord everything changes and you know this this phrase of delighting yourself in the lord it, it, we say it so much in the, in the in church right but you some people well at least me i would always wonder what what does that mean how can i delight myself in the world and in, in the lord and then i was reading how, how how david speaks that he wants to know what god likes and then I'm just like, okay, so if you, for example, it's like, I don't know if you guys do this, but like, if you guys are truly in love, you start liking what other people, this other person starts liking. Like you were never into, I don't know, cars and this person is doing cars. You're going to figure out a way to, to, you know, read upon cars, maybe not like full blast, you know, you know, you're going to be a, a mechanic, but you're going <laughs> to read like what's the car? What, you know, what does it go into, you know? And it's crazy because that's what, what I was saying. When, when, when we delight in the Lord, we start reading what he likes. And even though you might not agree to it, you might say, but this is what my Lord likes. Therefore, I will delight in it. And, and it's crazy how it's no longer of a, it's no longer of a, del a delight of a, yeah, this feels good. But it's like, oh, because he is delighted, then I am delighted. So it's like a whole delighted chain reaction. I was just gonna say like a super quick example. Like when you uh, when you start liking someone, you know how they say like you start becoming like them? Yeah. Like you start saying the same words as them. You start like casually liking the same things as them. And it's not even like, okay, like some people are just like, oh, uh, fakely liking it so that the person likes them. But some people like generally start becoming interested in this. Yeah. In that same way, it happens with God. The more time you spend with him, the more time you're like, wow, this is incredible. I love that he loves love. I love that he loves kindness. I love that he loves holiness like i love this too like how incredible is this i didn't know right and that's kind of what it is right the more time we spend with him the easier it is to understand that our expectations are really trash and what he offers is treasure and for example another expectation that we, that we see in this itself is for example that parable that god uh the god uh, that jesus gives he says that about the about the you know three servants that he gives talents to mm -hmm. and the expectations is that Three, two out of those, two, two out of those three people knew exactly who God were, who God was, right? Who was this uh, king that gives the servants? But you all know that it's God. And then this one, last one, the bad one, had an expectation, thinking that the king was harsh. And, and this expectation, he he tells them, he tells them, he says, "Oh, I've heard, king, that you were harsh, and that you pick up a seed where you didn't." Like he was telling, them, and then I'm just wondering, like, who gave this guy an expectation that his his master was bad? And that's sometimes that we have. We don't even want to get close to God because he might judge us, and he might, you know, uh, oh my God, you know, he might say, "Oh, you know, you're you're dirty. You you should be ashamed. You should be guilty." But in reality, what God does is open. Um, What's it called? Open his arms, and he wants to forgive us at all times. And uh, that's like another expectation. For example, me when I was younger, I would I would send, of course, like every other kid, and I would come and I'd be like, "Dude, I'm not even worthy to be in the church." And what does that do? Drives you completely out of church. And uh, for example, I would say, you know, why am I gonna pray if I'm gonna do the same thing tomorrow? Literally, so I wouldn't pray. And then now that I sin still, because I still sin, I go and I'm like, no, I need to go to my father's house because he needs to clean me. He needs to give me more and hopefully tomorrow something happens 
that makes me just not do whatever I want to have planned tomorrow. And I really hope for that. And sometimes it does. Sometimes I, I, sometimes I, I'm getting, you know, my day switches and my day changes, and I'm better off that way. And I say, God, thank you very much. So the, the, that's another expectation that we must change, right? Who God is? Is He this harsh God that wants to judge you, or this, you know, loving, kind? You know, a patient God, merciful God, and then we have to understand. Or another is. expectation is like, like oh, if um, before I come to Jesus and decide to follow Him, I'm gonna fix my life first. And it's like no, like, <laughs> like you know, if I as if we could. Yeah, that's like we can't. That's like that's like saying, oh, before I shower, I'm gonna clean myself uh. and then take a shower. It's like no, that's impossible. Like, no, with Christ, you just go as you are, and He'll clean he you changes, up. Yeah. That's like, I'm, I'm going to get unsick before I go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Then why would you go? It doesn't make any sense. And it's it's crazy because people, do, you know, some people tell me um, when I talk to them, and they, they tell me, yeah, I just got to get some st stuff straight. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing you can get straight. Literally, there's nothing you can get straight. Why you go to church, you make, God makes it straight for you. Mm -hmm. But at the, at before that, I don't, I would look, I used to be like that. I used to think that way. I'll be honest, I used to think that way. And then now I understand that I was just being a fool. But you know what, Danny? This is what the, the, the world teaches us. That's why. Yeah. Sorry, I was just interrupting your thought, but like quickly. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's true. And I'm going to give you guys another expectation that, that we have. For example, when you accept Jesus Christ, the first thing you think is you're going to be holy. And in reality, you don't know that sin actually becomes so even more uh, evident yeah. in your life. Now, for example, uh, I'm gonna give you guys like like a, like for example, uh, we, I used to say what the hell a lot, right? And then and then I used to preach and say it, and then until my brother goes, dude, you shouldn't say what the what the hell, and I'm just like, why? It's not a big deal. He's like, dude, it's a big deal, and I'm like, I don't think it's a big deal. And then some some kid told me like, hey, I think you're cussing at when you're preaching, and I'm like. Dude, I'm not cussing. What did I say? You say the the W T H, uh, whatever. What the, the hell? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, really? You think that's a bad word? He was like, yeah, dude. I think that's a bad word. I was like, okay. And then I started slowly, dude. Now I'm like super, like, I really think about what I say. I make sure that I'm not saying the H E E L, not H E L L word, because it's apparently it's a bad word. And and there's a lot of things that now come to my life that I never thought it was a sin. Now that's a sin. My thoughts, I'm just like, oh God, please help me. And when I accepted Jesus Christ, I thought I was supposed to be better. I thought I was supposed to be, and instead, I've considered myself even a worse sinner than I was before. Go ahead. Um, actually, I was. Oh, beautiful. Unity is beautiful, honestly. Um, but I had, uh, I researched about this. It was like, um, uh, about like expectations on ourselves. Is um, basically, um, I was searching up the fact that like, why do we have like such a high standards on ourselves? Um, in reality, like we can't even like do it, mm. you know? Um, and basically like what I was like, what I was like thinking right now was the fact that like we have such high expectations that we can't even uphold ourselves like sometimes like i do this to myself sometimes like where i have goals that i can't even complete you know i'm just like bro why do i do this like i'm not saying that it's bad to like have expectations and have goals but like um but like it's it's terrible when like you how do i expect this it's terrible when you do it that you can't even uphold it you know what i mean yeah and then this is where like i was like trying to tie it with this was the fact that like we can do those expectations, but only with God, you know, mm -hmm. because we literally can't do anything without his strength. And I have a verse with this. It's like Mark 10, 27. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, is, it is impossible, but with God, for all things are possible. Right. Yeah. And um, what I'm trying to say is the fact that um, that we can't uh, like 
have our goals set and we can't do our goals without him you know like how can we try like to be holy if we're not doing what he says you know like it's just like bro. Uh, and Isaiah Isaiah fifty five nine says, "For as heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." So that's exactly what you were tra- trying to say, right? Just like the sky is way way up there from earth, those those are the thoughts of the Lord. That's why when when we're talking about expectations, I think like we said in the beginning, throw them out and let God just take you take you where he needs to take you because if we try to understand it we're not we're not i feel like the more i try to understand god the less i do yeah and the more i kind of just let it be and i'm like dude whatever just just, trust just i'm gonna trust with your ways the more the more sense and the more fulfilled i feel because i need oh my god i need to like be a little bit of control of where i'm going and how i'm doing it that's how i need to be and then the the more control i have the less control i feel but the less control i have the more it moves along. And I, you have something to say, right? No. No? I was just, and I, I was just going to tell you guys that just, just maybe to finish off the, the, the episode of expectations versus reality, that, that his ways are higher than ours. So we must understand that whatever you think Christianity is going to be, and Christianity, just parentheses, is being the follower of Jesus Christ. And this is not a name that is easily given. It's not a, a name that is easily, uh, how, how can I say that, um, given to somebody i don't know how to to say that like uh easily bought Uh, i don't know it's something that takes time it takes process and processes but as a person that understands that god's way is the way that you should do not our ways not other people's ways not other people's expectations but the reality of christ which is in the kingdom of heaven so guys thank you guys for uh tuning in with us again uh don't forget to follow us on instagram uh on tiktok as well and uh yeah we'll see you guys every wednesday at 4 p.m god bless you guys and have a great day take care